Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second of this week's previews of uh, the Round 4 Rugby Championship action this weekend, in which we look at Australia and South Africa in the second of their two tests, Australia having won the first one. I think uh, the good news is that Nick White's mustache uh, underwent reconstructive surgery on Monday night, and uh, in training, it has been past fit, and now he is available, uh, as we've seen, for selection uh, for this second test. So, yeah, he is available and uh, will be Australia's starting scrum half. So I'm sure uh, some real genuine relief in Australian circles there. Obviously, you can tell I'm being a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Uh, if you listen to the podcast uh, earlier this week, in which I wrapped up, uh, had a look at the round three games. Pretty dim view of Nick White, unfortunately, after that event. Um, you know, he's a good player, but man, did he ever lose some respect in my eyes. Um, after that... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, a brilliant, brilliant performance in terms of amateur dramatics. Uh, definitely Oscar worthy. But uh, as probably the greatest referee to ever grace the game, uh, Nigel Owens would say, sorry, Nick, this isn't soccer. So uh, maybe, I don't know, after the rugby championship, Nick White is looking at a professional footballing career. I, I don't know. Um, but we shall see. But yeah, hopefully we're not going to see any more of that this weekend. And as for South Africa, well, you know, once again, selection decisions. I am baffled, uh, completely baffled. Um, one surprising decision, uh, but I'm very, very happy to see it in terms of development for the future in the shape of Kanan Moody. Uh, on the wing but you know the rest of it a lot of it it's like what is it is South Africa just selecting old age pensioners ahead of the World Cup um, that's kind of been the comment floating around social social media um, yeah like some of these guys are are yeah you know pension pensionable um, is that the kind of talent you need to be developing for the World Cup when you have a raft of talent as evidenced by the URC, that really should be brought to the fore at the stage, even if it means losing games, um, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I was a little bit baffled. I, I think overall, um, the selection decisions are a bit stronger for, for this game. Uh, I mean, I think they had to be. I mean, as simple as that. But, uh, yeah, South Africa... I don't know, in a strange place right now. So, you know, a bit like the All Blacks. Their blacks are against the wall. They they feel they've got to w win this one. But if that is the overriding concern, I don't know. I think they could have done a lot more leading up to this game in terms of developing depth, which they haven't done, to not get themselves in this kind of position. And like I say, to rely on a bunch of, you know, several old age, old age pensioners is really not not the way forward, but we shall see. So looking at the lineups for this game, 
the front row for Australia remains the same. James Slipper uh, as the acting captain in uh, Michael Hooper's absence. Falau Fainga at hooker and Alan Alatoa. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, Australia's lineouts were awful last week, um, which, you know, almost they were so bad that, you know, there were so many bits and pieces of Australia's game that were really, really weak last weekend, uh, particularly things like discipline and so on, that it, it is nothing short of a miracle at times that they did actually win. But they did. You know, they they somehow pulled it together when it mattered most and pulled off the win, um, despite being handicapped by a lot of issues. Um, and the line out was one of them. So, you know, they're going to be looking. Um, they're going to be looking to fix that this weekend. South Africa, on the other hand, bring the changes um, and they have the starting front row that everybody said they should have. So it's Franz Melherba and Stephen Kitsoff as the props and Malcolm Marks to start. Uh, finally, some sense has prevailed. Um, as a result, um, I think you can safely say that I think South Africa are going to win the front row battle hands down. Um, on the benches, you've got Dave Parecki, Scott Seal, and Tanyela Tupo for Australia. Um, and then Dion Fury, who, you know, I'll talk about that in a minute. Oxen Che makes his return on the bench. Um, and Trevor Nayakani, you know, Nayakani's just back from injury and Che, you know, he had some moments last weekend when he started, but not all that flash. And then Dion Fury. Now, I'm not denying that Dion Fury is a good player, despite, you know, being rather long in the tooth at, at 36. But, um, you know, and he had a great URC campaign with the Stormers, a really, really strong campaign. But he played on the flank. Now, admittedly, he has played hooker a lot in his past. But in the past season with the Stormers, um, you know, he played as as a flanker not as as a hooker and i think you know to um throw him into the mix uh, given his age in a in a really vulnerable position with the exception of malcolm marks for south africa not good so you know the the onus is going to be on that south african starting front uh row to really really just you know, really get the edge over, over Australia, which I, I think they, they're capable of doing. But then if they don't, um, or, you know, uh, Ninaver decides to bring on that replacement front row sooner rather than later, um, I think they're going to struggle. Um, now, admittedly, Taniela Tupo, uh, the replacement uh, set of front rowers for Australia, he didn't have his best game last weekend. But we know what a talent he is. So, yeah, I, I'm going to give that contest to to South Africa because of their starting front row. But they've got to wreak maximum damage, um, and particularly in securing South Africa the front foot on the scoreboard for the first 50 minutes. And if they don't, then I could see South Africa having real problems later in the match. In the second rows, it stays the same with for South Africa with Lute Jager and Eben Etzebeth. And 
Australia stick with Rory Arnold and Matthew Phillip. I actually thought Arnold and Phillip had a really good game last weekend, and I actually thought they were more effective than the South African duo. Um, like I said, I really like Phillip. I've always been a fan of Arnold. I think that's a very, very competent unit. Um, and on the bench, uh, you've got Darcy Swain, which who can be a little bit of a live wire. Um, and also Rob Liotta, although the, Rob Liotta, I think they can also switch to the back row. But um, yeah, whereas, you know, South Africa have got no one uh, in the second row as a replacement. So again, it's a tough one there, right? Like, you know, I, I think if Lou Diager and Elizabeth have a better game than they did last weekend, um then, yeah, I think they'll have the edge. You know, if they play like they did uh, in the first test in Nelsbrit against the All Blacks, then my money's on them. And what you'll most likely see is um, when Quagga Smith comes on, Mostert move to the second row. But we'll see. Um, it's a really tough one to call. I, I like Philip and Arnold as, as a unit, I think. Um, and at home, they're they're in a strong position. But I'm giving it marginally to South Africa, uh, particularly if Diago and Etzebeth have a bit more of a in-your-face type game than they did last weekend. Um, in the back rows, uh, I really liked what I saw from Australia last week. Uh, that remains unchanged with Jed Holloway, Rob Valentini, and Fraser McWright. Fraser McWright, obviously, uh, bagging that uh, opening try for Australia and also a, a, a crucial try later in the match. So, yeah, um, I didn't think Valentini was at his best last weekend, but I imagine he'll be back to his barnstorming self. And, you know, I think Holloway is betting nicely into the side. So it's it looks like a excuse me, pretty good, um, pretty good Australian back row. South Africa. Peter Steptoy is injured, so he's out. So in comes Franco Mostert. And instead of starting with Dwayne Vermeulen, they're, they're going with Jasper Visa. Um, and obviously, Sia Khaleesi keeps his place as captain. Um, I'm increasingly uh, impressed with Visa, and I think he's becoming slightly less one-dimensional. I mean, he hasn't got the X factor that uh, old Quagga Smith brings. But, um, yeah, I think, again... It's, <coughs> excuse me, if it fires, it's the more threatening option uh, than Australia's. It's as capable and dynamic as I think Australia's is. So, yeah, for for um, Australia, you've got Rob Liotta, who can also play in the back row, and also Pete Samu on the bench. And for South Africa, Quagga Smith and Dwayne Vermeulen. I don't think Dwayne Vermeulen was particularly effective last weekend. Uh, I expect to see Quagga Smith sooner rather than later. Um, probably um, getting, you know, if, if either Diager or Edzabeth aren't having a good game, either one of them getting brought off early, Mostert switching to the second row, and Smith coming into the back row. Um, and then, you know, eventually uh, Vermeulen coming on for Visa. But I think that's a pretty tight unit. You know, I think I, I'm a huge fan of Quagga Smith. I have been for the longest time. I hold that he should be uh, a starter in the Springbok uh, 15. 
he's not. But just, you know, watch the highlights reel of last weekend. And in the space of, of the remaining six minutes, he scored two tries for South Africa. <coughs> that was pretty, pretty impressive. Excuse the cough. I'm still uh, still nursing a little bit of the COVID after effects. But yeah, um, he scored South Africa's only uh, two tries. And he was just phenomenal. So yeah, and I'm hoping that for the box sake, they'll see him sooner rather than later. And obviously in the back row for uh, replacements, Pete Samu. He's an impressive operator. I, I think no no shadow there. However, having said all that, I think uh, it's South Africa have the edge there in terms of personnel, provided they play at the kind of level that they showed um, in that uh, first test against New Zealand. But only marginal. I say I, I, there's there's no slouch on, on that Australian unit. <clears throat> All of them, I think, across across the board have to watch their discipline. Um, but particularly the Australians, because that was weak. Uh, you know, they gave away too many set piece penalties last last weekend. Um, and yeah, their their work at the breakdown was was a little bit sketchy at times. Uh, gained the attention of of the referee. Um, so yeah, we'll still see. But like I say, second row, uh, basically that I'm giving the front, the, the forward contest overall to, to South Africa, if they can play in the way we know they're capable of playing, but that remains to be seen. And I say, it's not a slouch Australian unit apart from, I think potentially a weak front row. It's, it's looks pretty impressive. Uh, in the halfbacks, well, we've got, um, you know, um, Oscar-winning Nick White uh, at, at Scrum Half. Uh, I don't think I need to say anything more about what I what I think of him, sadly. Um, great player, but yeah, I kind of lost all respect for him last weekend. Uh, hopefully, we're not going to see anything uh, in that regard from him this weekend. Hopefully, uh, hopefully some chats have been had with him. Uh, and Noah Lolasio, who I, you know, given the fact that Australia were really struggling with the 10 jersey in their opening games in the rugby championship, I thought he really stepped up to the plate last weekend. And I'm delighted for him because I think he's a real star for the future for Australia. So uh, really happy to see him come to the fore last weekend and have an excellent game. South Africa all changed there. Uh, Faf de Klerk um is is out uh for this one um as is Andre Pollard with injury and so in their place you have Damien Valemsa moving from fullback or center to the fly half position now he has played a lot at fly half and a lot of people seem to think I mean that's where he started playing in his rugby career and a lot of people think that he is a genuine answer uh for the future for the spring box at fly half um, I don't, I haven't seen enough of him at fly half to really make an educated comment on that, but I'll go with what the pundits say. Let's see it. Um, he seems a pretty versatile player in the backs and, uh, you know, South Africa need an answer, um, to, I mean, Andre Pollard injury aside, did not have a good game last weekend, no matter which way you slice and dice it. Um, so yeah, let's see what Villamsa can bring for the, the box. Um. Jaden Hendricks, I like. Um, you know, he's still green in the position, I think. Give him more time. Um, you know, he is part of that crop of players that needs to take South Africa into the future. And I think he, you know, in that sense, I think those are two 
strong selection decisions with an eye to the future. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. Um, but I think in terms of experience and Lolisio's growing confidence, uh, I'm going to give the edge there to, to Australia. Um, on the benches for uh, South Africa in the halfbacks, you have Kobus Reinach, who I do rate. And I'm assuming that if they don't keep Willemse on, um, yeah, that maybe Francois Stein is a, is a possible replacement. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure where they're going to plug Stein in, but certainly Kobus Reinach, um, you know, he has potential I and mean, we all know what he can do. I think he's inconsistent. That's one issue that, uh, goes perhaps against him. But he's certainly a strong, strong player, and he will have a, he should have a strong impact off the bench. Whereas for Australia, um, on the bench for them, they've got Jake Gordon, who I'm still kind of on the fence on in terms of a replacement uh, scrum half. We shall see. So yeah, uh, overall, based on their starting, their their experience in their starters, I'm going to give uh, Australia the edge. But I'm fascinated to see how the Springbok duo gets on. In the midfield, Hunter Paisami and Len Iketel. Um, they keep their places after last weekend's win, and rightly so. I thought the both of them, particularly Iketel, were really, really impressive last weekend. Um, and South Africa, uh, with Lukanyuam out, they brought in Jesse Creel, and they keep Damien Diende. I do not like the look of that box center pairing at all. Uh, I think it's going to come out seriously unstuck. And then you've got um, Francois Stein potentially coming in as a replacement. I didn't see anything from him last weekend that really indicated to me that uh, contrary to popular belief, he is he is over the hill in terms of his usefulness to the, to the Bach cause. Great as a player as he may have been in the past, I think, yeah, you're... Like I say, that's a little bit of the OAP ticket, old age pensioner ticket. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see that that um, center pair, particularly with, I think, Creel sadly being the weak link, making much of an impact. I think the Australians have the edge there, hands down. Um, and then uh, out in the back three, Australia have uh, Marika Korombeti out wide and Tom Wright up against South Africa's Kanan uh, Moody and Makazole Mapimpe. We'll talk about the South Africans in a minute. Marika Korobeti, uh, he had a blinder of a game last weekend. Um, like I said in the wrap-up of last week's games, I think he needs to watch himself a little bit in his tackling technique. It's borderline. Um, it's effective. Make no mistake about it. And that, that kind of controversial tackle uh try saving tackle on my pimpy um you know there's still a lot of debate about that and i kind of i kind of share the concerns about that tackle it it was borderline legit uh really borderline uh bottom line is corin betty you're a great player uh both defensively on attack but defensively use those arms a bit more because uh yeah you tend to lead with the shoulder a little bit too much for for my liking and probably the referee's liking so just as long as he can watch that i think he's in good shape um and i think you know my concern is i really don't want to see kane and moody who gets his start 
for the Springboks um, and will be up against Corin Betty. I really just don't want to see the guy get taken out and, and injured on his debut. Um, so yeah, let's let's see because that's a pretty daunting guy to have to go up against. Uh, Tom Wright's on the other wing. I don't think he had the best of games last weekend, uh, but we've seen some real brilliance from him this year. So he is going to be a threat. But uh, Pimpe is going to make him work hard for it. That's for sure. So for South Africa, like I say, Kanan Moody, uh, the Bulls star, gets his start. Uh, 19 years of age. Um, big, big ask and a big, big pressure match for the box. Up against somebody who is kind of frightening. Um, yeah, I would not fancy the idea of running at Marika Korambedi, especially in my test debut. But let's see what he can do. You know, at least it's a little bit of an investment in the future, which for the most part, the Springbok coaching staff seems to have been reluctant to do. And I think in that in that respect, it needs to be applauded and the very best of luck to him. And I really hope that he, he leaves the field uh, at the final whistle on Saturday um, without nursing any ongoing injuries. But yeah, a really exciting talent. And I'm, I'm really really looking forward to seeing him in action uh, in a very challenging contest with uh, old Corin Betty. Makazuli Mapimpe, I thought, got the better of Tom Wright last weekend, um, hands down. Um, and I think that um, he's Mapimpe is going to get used a lot more effectively uh, this weekend. So it's a really tough one. Uh, and then you got Willie LaRue in the back uh, for South Africa, Reese Hodge in the back for Australia. Um, I look at this back three and I really don't know which way to go. I mean, I think with Corin Betty after last weekend's game, there's so much X, X factor that he, you know, he essentially gives Australia the edge no matter who's playing for them in the back three. But, um, you know, Willie LaRue... Hot and cold, man. Uh, when he's good, he's good. When he's poor, he's really poor. Um, and he seems to have made much of his impact this year with the box off the bench. So having him start will, will be interesting. Um, you know, Hodge has not been that great under the high ball this year. So South Africa will know that's a weakness. And LaRue will know that's a weakness. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. So... People may be surprised here, but despite the, the missile threat of Corimbetti and the potential of Tom Wright and the boot of Reese Hodge, actually giving the edge to, to South Africa, particularly if they're really able to un, unleash Mapimpe and Moody and put them in space and get them behind Corimbetti and Wright. Um, yeah, uh, with the possible weak link of LaRue, but we know that when LaRue is on song, he can change the way this box side plays. So, yeah. I, I'm giving it narrowly uh, to South Africa with with some question marks. And then lastly, on the benches, you've got uh, Andrew Kellaway. Didn't really see that much of him last weekend. Uh, and Warwick, Warwick Gallant uh, for South Africa. Uh, again, Gallant kind of hit and miss. Um, yeah, be interesting to see what, what both of those players can produce for their respective sides when needed, especially if either one of them is under pressure. So we shall see. Uh, Predictions-wise, oh, how long is a piece of string for this one? Um, I, I don't know. I, 
I just don't think Australia um, are good enough to keep pulling off back-to-back victories um, against a side that knows that they have to deliver on Saturday, even though they're on the road and, you know, they've got this hoodoo hanging over them that Australia is not a happy place for them to play and they haven't won there since 2013. You know, South Africa have their own issues around staffing and selection and coaching um and and injuries um but i don't know i just i look at the springbok side and i think there's an edge there and particularly with you know them being under the pump right now in terms of you know the rugby public back home in south africa demanding a result on saturday and they do tend to rise to the occasion when needed so yeah i think it's going to be an incredibly close game fascinating to watch much like you know the festivities in hamilton uh earlier that morning or morning for us here in canada um so yeah uh i'm gonna give it to south africa narrowly i i i think yeah they're gonna finally right the ship of losing in australia since 2013 not by much um and it's a bit of a roll of the dice but i think they'll they'll just pull this one off I think, you know, the, the big litmus test for South Africa is they've got to make that first 60 minutes count on the scoreboard. They've got to be well and truly comfortably in the lead by the time the benches start coming into play. And if they do that, then I think they'll have it in the bag. So we shall see. Um, Like I say, it's on TSN. It's on Premier Sports Asia. And now, um, like I said in the previous podcast, I'm trying out the uh, US-based flow rugby option. Um, difference between flow rugby and premier sports asia is you don't need a vpn for premier sports asia you do for flow rugby also flow rugby is a little bit more expensive um it's 33 canadian a month for premier and it's about 40 canadian a month for um flow although if flow works for me this weekend i may end up switching my uh to an annual plan, which seems to be a slightly better deal with Flow than than with Premier. But the big news is is Flow does seem to have everything that uh, Premier Sports has uh, with the addition of the Heineken Cup, which uh, Premier Sports Asia does not have, at least for now. So that's that's a pretty big enticement. Plus, um, I haven't tried out Flow Rugby's on demand. I don't know if there's the same delay as like there is with TSN. I'm going to try it out this weekend. If it's good, then yeah, I may well switch switch allegiances. Um, not as easy to cast your TV with the VPN thing, but um, yeah. Whereas, you know, you don't have to worry with that with Premier Sports Asia. So it makes casting if you've got Chromecast quite easy. But anyway, we shall see. Uh, I'm going to try out the flow thing for see how how quickly they get the games on demand um, and let you know uh, if it's as good as Premier Sports Asia, given the fact they have the Heineken Cup, maybe going down that road in the future. We shall see. But yeah, on at uh, 5.30 a.m. Uh, this morning, uh, on Saturday morning, after the All Blacks-Argentina uh, game um, on those three broadcasters. Should be fascinating. Can't wait. Uh, everything to play for across both matches for all four teams. Should be some heady, heady stuff for us to enjoy Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon if you're 
I mean, I won't be getting up at uh, three in the morning and five in the morning, respectively, but so I will be watching it on demand. But yeah, lots to look forward to. So take care, everyone. Enjoy the rugby. And uh, I will talk to you next week once we know what's happened. Take care. And I'll talk to you soon.